everybody. Building your business identity is an important step in creating a thriving practice. But what does that actually mean? And how do we actually do it? We're going to get into it today. As we put it, all on the table. Welcome to All on the Table. I'm Suzanne Reynolds and I'm with Vince Williams. And we're talking about today creating identity in your business. Um, also, but you know, I always like to see what Vince is up to these days and what's up in your coming week. Oh, what is up in my coming week? I know you're a worker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you got a lot of work. Uh, weather's been nice, which yes, is good. Absolutely. So um, this week, actually, I think you and I are both probably going to just be hibernating a little because I think we're hitting those 100 degree days for a couple of days. Right? Yeah, so, 106 today. Yeah, yeah so um, I think it's stay in the air conditioning and see where that takes us. Anything exciting happening in your uh, world this week? Uh, I'm looking to, it's kind of slowing down this week a little bit for me. It seems to, you know, massage goes in phases, um, classes go in phases as well. Um, but I'm getting ready to go to um, Oregon Coast at the end of the month and hang out with my sister for a week and kind of regenerate, you know, re-energize and, and find some grounding and definitely be out there for the, for the, you know, second blue moon. Oh yeah. That's happening. So I'm really excited about that. And I haven't been to the beach in a while. Vancouver is a little landlocked. We have rivers, um, but being and from it's, Hawaii it's right and California, there. yeah, I know, I, I know I lived in Alaska and, uh, you know, had the water every day. Right. In and so, yeah, I have to get out there every once in a while and see the waves. Yeah. That was one of the things living in Hawaii was we would, you know, when we would work too much or we were catching too much transference or getting other people's junk buildup, we'd go out and we'd go out into the ocean and it was just the most healing environment to be able to do that. And, you know, I've kind of had to go out to the mountains these days, but I'm so looking forward to going back out to the ocean and, and smelling the salt air. So that's kind of what I've got planned. So this week is good, uh, nice and slow. I can kind of plan. And then the following week is really busy because everybody wants to get in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because I was just thinking, like, what a great segue this is because. Hawaii and and your time there and everything is such a part of who you are and it's a part of your identity and it's a part of how your clients even know you and relate to is you know you always every time you send me a text right you know it says you know aloha or or something in it that just reminds me that that's a piece of of who you are and today you know we're talking about creating an identity and I think that that's some of it right I mean I think that it's an interesting balance because we we need to be professional and we'll talk a little bit more about that but we also need to be relatable uh, I mean massage is such a interpersonal connected uh, experience Absolutely. that you have to be able to share something about you in in a way so that it's not so clinical that it becomes uncomfortable I, I totally agree you know being trained in Hawaii was probably one of the best things I could ever do I really love the concepts of of Ho'oponopono and Lomi Lomi, even though I'm not a practitioner of those, but it really makes me appreciate Aloha Spirit 
and just sharing love and forgiveness with everybody. And so I've kind of pulled from that. Um, also, my husband's family is from the Big Island. So um, I embraced that fully when I got into the healing field. And it has. It's just become a part of who I am. So I, I have to laugh a little bit because of the fact that um, I'm the last person that most people would identify Hawaii with because <laughs> I'm I'm Caucasian. Yeah. But it's so in my blood and my kids were born there that I can't move away from that. And saying aloha and showing that a kind of appreciation is really, really important to me and my family. So I, it's a part of who I am and how I practice yeah, yeah, as it, well. It definitely you know, comes in in a way that I think endears people to. Because I think, I think we all want to connect on those unique points or those oh, yeah. u- unique pieces of us. All right, let's talk a little bit about creating an identity. And this is something that as I was researching this week and I was thinking about this, I was really thinking about some conversations I've had with some students or people who were just uh, just got licensed, starting. just starting out, and a perception that uh, I, I'm curious at your take on. And that is that, you, you know, when you go to school, you go in and you you learn a bunch of things, but you're around other peers and students. They know as much as you, and sometimes more than you. Some people excel in these kinds of environments. Uh, your teachers certainly know more than you. You start to pay really close attention to the other therapists with experience in the industry and all around you. And so I think there's a tendency to sort of see yourself in that beginning phase of practice as a student and and I think we should all maintain that part of a student, right? We always be learning. But I think what people forget sometimes is that everyone outside of school, everyone outside of the, the universe that is massage, you know more than, right? You really are the expert. And, and so one of the things I was thinking about in that idea of creating an identity is just how do you transition from that feeling that, you know, you're still in the phase of learning, which again, we need to maintain. How do you balance that? with realizing that you've also accomplished by getting licensed, by being a practitioner, by having some experience, you are at the place where you um, provide a unique value proposition into the community and into people's lives without you know feeling like you're sort of faking it. Right. Can you well, speak to that also? This, uh, a lot of times, you know, we, we don't say fake it till you make it. We say fake it till you become it. Yeah. And one of the things is any... Any school that has to offer a variety of modalities or even just introduction, because there's a lot of different techniques and modalities of massage out there. And what I encourage my students to do is whatever resonates with them to continue with that. Um, Most of them get really overwhelmed because they want to do it all once they get out in the field. And I let them know that, you know, find one or two things that identify with you that really resonate and then, you know, focus on those and, and things will come along in the, you know, in the future that will help you enhance your, your skills. And I'm known for pregnancy and I'm happy with those, but I have a ton of different tools in my belt. But as far as my clients go, you know, I'm doing a lot of deep work. I work on pregnant women and, you know, I just don't want to overwhelm my, my, realm with things of people coming to me for lymphatic drainage. I know how to do it, but I'm not truly that. So I think it's really important to find what resonates when you get out of school. Yeah. 
and finding that identity. Um, I've had people where one girl really, she wanted to quit school. This was a while ago. And she went into, she identified with Lomi Lomi and that's the direction she went. And now her practice is flourishing. So again, it's, it's finding that thing that fills your heart and satisfies your mind mm, to yeah. find that identity. Yeah. Um, you know, and sometimes it takes a few years to find that. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, from the business side of creating an identity, it, it is very much similar to a relational side. You know, the, the piece of you that is, let's say, Hawaii, right? When, when that gets shared with somebody, that makes you unique and makes you interesting and people want to dig into that a little bit. And similarly, when you have those one or two things about your practice that are maybe a little set aside and they're, because they're your passions, they're mm-hmm. your focus, they're your interests, that idea of sort of being everything, if we take that to a relational standpoint, we understand how that doesn't work because where you loving Hawaii or being interested in it is interesting, if you had you know, 500 hobbies and you shared them all at the same time, right? It would be overwhelming. Yeah. And I wouldn't know how to, I mean, like Suzanne, I, I just know she's busy. I know she's chaotic, you know, uh, but that's where that would feel like, right. right? And so I think there's something really nice about creating an identity that has some specificity, that has some um, articulation to try and help you stand out and be that thing exactly. that somebody goes, oh, I know you're really good at that. Mm-hmm. And it's and part of it is skill, but I do think part of it is also who you are, you know, how you're wired and those kinds of things. But I also, and I do think when it comes to business, you know, and I'm not a huge fan of the fake it till you make it concept either, right. but I do think that people need to change their perceptions because I, I, I've seen this with my wife, as you know, as a, as a professional photographer right. and the barrier to entry to being a photographer is owning a camera, right? There's no certification process. Right. Anyone who owns a camera can say they're a photographer. And so it was really hard for her in her beginning years to understand sort of what it was, you know, she felt like, well, should I be doing this? Anyone can do this. Right. Um, but the truth is not anyone can do this because there's pieces to the puzzle for her that are really unique and they really set her apart and have really helped her career explode. But a lot of that wasn't a change in experience. A lot of that was a change in perception for right. her. When she realized she spent the energy and the time to uh, figure out what those things were that made her unique, it built her confidence. Right. It helped her focus on those things with her clients. And it helped her actually turn down clients that weren't a good fit. And sometimes that's a part of this as well, right? You have to know who your client is, which we're going to talk about in other episodes. But I I do want to say that understanding who you are as a business is crucial because otherwise what you become, unfortunately, is a commodity. If you are just seen as one of the the sea of massage therapists that exist out Mm -hmm. there, then here's what you end up doing. Lowering your price. Yeah. Being about, um, you know, giveaways and gifts and and you end up maybe jumping on some of the discount sites or those kinds of things because that's your marketing model. All you have is there's me, there's a hundred other people just like me. And if that's how you see yourself, especially in the beginning, even if you've been practicing a while, but you're new to the business side, right. it's yeah. easy to perceive yourself as sort of new. But the truth is you have not only skills, But you are light years ahead of the people who are going to walk through the door 90% of the time, right? I mean, it's pretty rare that somebody walks into a massage room and they have the kind of body awareness, understanding, and and schooling and background where they can even really have fully 
intelligent conversations right. with you at that level. They're trusting you to be a professional. You guys are not only providing, again, a service, but you're providing an expertise and a healing modality that really has people coming to you. And when you know that, and when you use that as part of your practice, when that becomes part of your identity, I think you get away from that commodity right. and you create something specific. Like in your case, you're like, look, I know who I help primarily. doesn't mean you're not going to ever work on other people, but you know who your best clients are. Right. You know what you're going to offer them and right. you know what makes you unique. And I think that's how you build a practice. Absolutely. You, the, the first thing in creating identity is you got to like what you're doing. Yeah. Um, when I went into massage, I did everything. My, one of my goals was I wanted to touch as many people as possible. And that was a part of creating that identity. And I loved what I was doing so much that I realized that I wanted to do this and I wanted to come from my heart. Now, that's not necessarily a whole lot of business. But when I come from my heart and I want to help people, I do much better in business than if I'm only coming out of my head and looking at them as money. We'll be right back with more All on the Table. Let's face it, starting a business can be scary, especially when you consider the initial costs of room rent, leases, credit checks, and furnishing a professional space. But what if there was a place that allowed you to own your own business, but took care of all of those daunting details? Well, there is, and it's called WellSpace, and it's made just for massage therapists and wellness professionals. At WellSpace, you are a member in a flexible room rental environment. You run your practice, but with no leases or credit checks. You pay a small monthly fee and then rent the rooms as your business grows. The best part is that WellSpace handles all the details for you. Their facility is located in an easy to find retail location with plenty of parking. The building utilizes top security systems to protect you and your clients. They offer an automated check-in system, cleaning service, and even sheet service. It's all included. Plus, each room comes with top quality hydraulic tables and are fully furnished in a professional but neutral way so that you can bring your business's flavor into the room while you're treating your clients. Now your massage business can compete with top-end facilities without the cost or the stress. Memberships start at just $45 a month for new practitioners. The best way to understand how this will expand your practice is to come and see it for yourself. Take a walkthrough and discover what your practice can look like. Visit wellspacenw.com to sign up for a walkthrough tour today. That's wellspacenw.com. Wellspace, flexible treatment rooms for wellness professionals. And now, back to the podcast. Um, I think it's really important to show your enthusiasm in this work. Many times, if we're thinking of something else, it changes the client's perception of our touch. Yes. If you don't have the intention on the client, it changes the perception of touch. So it's important to find that so you enjoy it. Because if you're not enjoying it, clients receiving that message yeah. as well through your hands. Yeah. Um, and I've heard a ton of stories in that direction. But it's really important to find what works for the individual massage therapist and what resonates with them. And once you find it, it's it's kind of organic. It just evolves naturally right. as well. Yeah. 
<laughs> but if I was trying to give somebody a, a practical tip, because I know that's one of the things we talk about we want to do, right. uh, is really get practical. I would talk about a term that we use in business and in marketing called value proposition. And, and really here, the idea is to package things in a way that has the highest perceived value for the customer. And I'm using a bunch of businessy talk here. We'll break it down. And at the same time, makes you, again, get away from that commodity sort of piece of it. And so when I when you look at that, you look at, uh, and I'm going to use kind of a silly example because I'm not suggesting massage therapists do this, but you'll notice in the space of health and beauty aids, and like so toothpaste, things like that, they always like to come up with some uh, word that, mm-hmm. that they invented and then they give it a meaning, right? right? So they're just like, you know, our toothpaste has, you know, teeth aglow, and, and then that, that makes your teeth all glowy, or, you know, dentaclean, or, or whatever. Or, or the, the, the prescription industry, of course, they just have names for everything. Right. And, and the point is that if they do something similar to something else, what they're trying to do is they're trying to package it in a new way, because it keeps you from sort of going straight across the board and just saying, like, if you say, I do deep tissue, then there's not all that much of a niche. Right. So if you go into Google and you look, you know, deep tissue massage, that's going to be keyworded so many places, right? So that's not really that much of a proposition. But if you know that you focus on, let's say, pregnant women, you might be using four different modalities for that. Right. You might be using different techniques. But now you're saying something that has enough specificity that, or even more so if there was something really specific condition, you know, I really focus on diastasis recti or something along those lines. Absolutely. Those kinds of things really set you into a niche and now you're not a commodity because now you're not like, well, every massage therapist can do that. That's not true. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know of one massage therapist right now that has, uh, does deep work in sports massage, but beyond sports massage, because of their interest in other, uh, in specific sports, they really talk about it in reference to specific sports. Right. And so if you do those specific sports, you're going to resonate as a, as a client and go, oh, this is, this is the person for me. And that's a great way to build a clientele. Because if you say, I do massage, they're like, great. Realtors are kind of that way, right? If you just say you're a realtor, there's, I think, one what on every corner. Me? Yeah, they're everywhere. <laughs> um, so you have, to, you have to, but if you say, I'm, I'm a realtor who specializes in, you know, light industrial and I do this and I do that or whatever, right? right? All of a sudden you're like, well, is this for me or isn't for me? And the fear I think in business is that if you get that level of specificity, that you're going to scare away all these other people. You think being as general as possible gives you the widest net. And I, I think that the business advice I would give is that Actually, that's probably the worst thing you can do for your practice. That generality just makes you a commodity. You're going to be forced down the rabbit hole of price and fighting for for scraps When if you get specific and niche. And again, some of that is your choice of modality. Some of that is your training and your education. But some of it is just how you talk about it and talk about your passion for it. If your passion was driven out of a specific aspect of massage, if you were... um, touched by massage, healed by massage in specific ways, and that's why you got into the industry, those stories, those parts of your identity will start to connect and resonate with people and really help you build a core, which is what you want, a clientele, right? Right, absolutely. And again, it's really important that you like your clientele too. I mean, you you find your niche, um, but sometimes what happens is, and correct me if I'm wrong, is we get different people. And I always tell my students that it's important to understand that it's not just your skill and your ability to work with somebody. It's also 
a personality connection as well. You're, you're not going to please everybody. You have to find what works for you. And I'm a real big person on organic or natural, how it comes in your direction. If you're enthusiastic about what you do, doors open and different people are uh, identified. Mm -hmm. But for instance, another thing that I work on, I work on a lot of cardiovascular problems. And um, I just get people with thrombosis or thrombophobitis and they hear through the grapevine and then I get lucky and then I have a new client. Um, but it's really important to, you know, uh, the biggest thing I've seen is when people look at their clients as money. What did you call it? Commodity. Commodity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's when they start having problems. Yeah, and I, I think I think you're right because the commodity term can go both ways, right? I mean, they look at you as just a, a cost when they look at you as a massage therapist if you're not doing your job right, and you look at them just as as money or income, right? And that can be dangerous as well, right? This is very relational. This is very connected. You, you brought up something else that I think is really powerful, and I I had taken a note on this and said it a little differently, but I love the way you said it, um, which is reflect on your growth. And what I mean by that is. In the beginning, you may believe or your passions may lead you down some road, but you might find that there's a bunch of people that are coming to you mm -hmm. and that wasn't what you expected. There's a bunch of people coming to you for cardiovascular issues and you're like, well, that wasn't what I was really trying for. But it turned out you have a gift for it. You you have a heart for it. You, you're connected <laughs> to um, a, a certain crowd of people right. for whatever reason. And so when you reflect on that growth, I think one of the things business owners do is they forget to take the time to reflect. Businesses can be hard, but honestly, if you just get into a balanced state of kind of going through these patterns, your business will grow pretty organically. And one of right. those really powerful patterns that people skip is reflection, mm -hmm. which is who am I today versus who was I six months ago? Right. Who's coming to me versus who was coming to me six months ago? Who have I had success with? Right. right? You might just think, I, you know, I just connect and relate to this crowd. Or let's say you start and massage and you're young. Right. And you just think, man, young people relate to me. And then one day, if you're not reflecting, it turns out you don't relate so well <laughs> um, yeah. because you've aged out or, or other things maybe have happened. And so right. if you're not reflecting on that and making those changes in your life, and I'm not saying try to fight them. I'm saying learn from them right. and grow from them because your practice will grow organically. Yeah. But if you don't reflect on it, you're going to start fighting it because what you do will get there. And I'll, I'll give you another example. My my wife talk about her a lot because she's awesome okay uh, but she also has uh she you know she has a business and she's an independent self-employed person and so uh, there's a lot to be learned there and one of the things that happened was she knew and she's right she's amazingly good at going in solo and just being an individual photographer but it turned out the industry was just demanding more and more uh dual photographers for weddings and so she sold against it a lot because her passion was i want to be there i'm going to be there for you i trust me and so she sold yeah. against it and at one point, she just started to reflect on it and say, wait a minute, this is huge. People want it. Is there a way that I can do it that does me justice right. and does them justice and everything? And then she incorporated it in her special way, in her unique way. And That's it just true. took her to the next level. Instead of fighting it and just saying, well, I wish the industry wasn't going here. I wish people didn't care like this. I wish That's not how it works. You are serving a client base. And mm -hmm. so you need to reflect on what it is that you're hearing from the streets, what you're hearing from clients, what you're hearing from other interests and people like that. Um, and then that brings me to kind of a final point which that I had, which is developing a community of 
practice. Once you go out on your own, you can really get isolated. Oh, absolutely. And so now you're listening to clients, and I think that's really positive, and you're listening to yourself. That's really positive. That's that reflection process. But then the third part of that is really having some sort of peer group or connectivity to other people so that you can hear from because you're going to learn from their client experience because they're going to share their client experiences. You're going to learn from their and, – and we all know we grow faster and we move faster. We right. multiply by learning from our own and from other people's experiences. Right. right uh, networking with peers and colleagues is really important. Actually, I gained a lot of business in Hawaii because I was part of – uh, a Hawaii chapter of massage therapists. Um, and I was the newbie and I was excited. And then all of a sudden I, I became the prime therapist on Camp Smith because the person who was there wanted to get out. But you can get so many opportunities, but also you learn from others and you learn what you do and what you don't like or how some people are really kind of they're more clinical and maybe you're not so clinical. You're kind of on the, you know, work with energy or more and you, you find what works best for you. And that's the best thing that anybody could do is that self-reflection, you know, connect with your clients. Um, I, they say provide feedback. I sit down with my clients every, you know, cause I want to make sure I'm providing them with the service that they want mm-hmm. and need. Yeah. And I want them to tell me to my, you know, face to face instead of on a piece of paper, um, but that just clarifies that I'm on the right path with the identity that I put out there. Yeah. So that's to me very important is clients will come and go, but the ones that are meant to be yours will stay. And there's, there's always like this common thread that we run into. I agree a hundred percent. So when creating an identity as an independent practitioner or massage therapist, you should remember who you are and think about who you are and what you're bringing in. Uh, But look at your place really as as an expert and figure out what that looks like and what you've done to achieve that. In, again, not just in reference to your peers, but also in reference to the clients. Because again, you're more of an expert than you think you are. But then also reflect on the information you're getting back from your clients and how you're growing. Reflect on the organic nature of things and where that's taking you, the path it's just leading you on, and how you're evolving and changing as a practitioner. And then develop a community of practice so that you're around other practitioners who can also reflect back at you, mirror back exactly. where your growth is, how it's going for them, learn from their experiences. If you do those three things, I think that is a powerful piece to initiating just a good practice of creating an identity for your business and getting out of the trenches of just being about price and just competing with the general masses. Yeah, going through the motions. Yeah. All right. Well, I think this has been a great conversation. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to having another one next week. We're going to talk probably about... Uh, something maybe more specific. Let's talk about websites next week yes. and we'll we'll really lock into some some skills and some things people should know about when they're trying to do some marketing, break into some of my marketing know-how. Meanwhile, I'm Vince Williams. I'm Suzanne Reynolds. And we are all on the table. We're talking about the business massage. We'll see you next week. Aloha. Aloha.